What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. I was going to uh, take a break um, from podcasting for a while uh, on CSG specifically. I've got a bunch of things lined up for the Gen X show, um, but I, obviously news breaks and I got to I got to come back and give my thoughts on something. Um, OK. News broke yesterday. Shams Sharania said uh, Tim Connolly wasn't serious uh, talks to become the president of the um, Minnesota Timberwolves. And obviously it shook everyone up. Um, let me just start right here. Um, I do not believe that Tim Connolly will make a move to Minnesota unless someone, unless there is an absolutely bank-breaking move. Um, That's just my opinion. Um, And by bank-breaking, I mean um, upwards of 10 to 12 million a year and part ownership. Uh, I I really do think that that's what it would take. Um, My own confidence in that is just based on assumptions. Um, you know, I don't know for sure, but that, that is just, that is what I would, uh, say it would take that. Um, and you know, who knows that, you know, Minnesota may say, Hey, let's just back a dump truck full of money up to the door and get it done. Who knows? Um, as far as Tim Conley and the Denver Nuggets, uh, he is now in what you would call a option year. Uh, I don't know who's to who the option resides, um, but he is currently approaching, I should say an option year. Uh, back in 2019, he signed a four-year deal with the last year as an option. And um, obviously that came on the back of his uh, dalliance with the uh, Washington Wizards. Um, and obviously there was a bunch of factors going on with for Connolly then, specifically some, you know, he had personal things that was going on and he's from uh, Maryland, which is, you know, right there. So obviously... Um, you know, there was a lot of different factors right there. I don't, uh, that we need to kind of remove that and set whether that one aside. Um, this is different. Um, Minnesota, as you know, is nowhere near Maryland. <laughs> so, uh, it's obviously a different kind of consideration. Um, I'm talking to you now based on my own conversations with people, uh, around the league. I have not spoken to anyone uh, intimately involved with the situation. This is this is just based on conversations I've had with people I've gained relationships with throughout the league. Uh, this came out of nowhere for us, but there has been a feeling in the NBA that um, Tim Connolly was attainable um, to get from the Nuggets, and that is primarily due to two factors. Uh, first, his dalliance with the uh, the Wizards back in 2019. A lot of teams saw that as an opening. Uh, and number two is that historically the the KSE organization hasn't exactly what you would call broken the bank to keep their executives. Um, and that goes all the way back to Stan uh, when Stan uh, became owner. Uh, he had an existing um, management set up with Dan Issel. Uh, Issel brought in 
um, Kiki Vandeweghe to be GM, and while Issel remained team president and coach. Um, and that was held over from Ascent. Stan's first real executive move for the Nuggets was um, uh, Kiki Vandeweghe in 2002, basically making him the president and, um, uh, and the uh, general manager. And Kiki had that for four years. But he wasn't exactly um, what you would call uh, the most highly paid executive. Uh, fast forward to 2006, same thing. Mark Warkentine, Rex Chapman, and uh, the influence of Brett Barrett. Um, these guys were not exactly, they did not break the bank to have these guys in the Nuggets either. There was famously in 2010, David Griffin, who had just been fired from the Phoenix Suns, if I remember correctly, came to interview, uh, with the Nuggets and was basically insulted and was so insulted. He went to, went to Woj to complain about the salary that he was offered. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the true story. It's 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 it, it's out there. You can you can look it up. It, Griffin went directly to Woj to complain about what the Nuggets offered him, and then Masai Ujiri came in. Masai was horribly underpaid. Uh, spent three years on the Nuggets and then bolted because uh, uh, MLSC uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment um, offered him. Uh, a boatload of money plus other uh, considerations involving his uh, uh, initiatives in Africa. And those things were allowed and Nuggets, you know, didn't, didn't match it. And I don't know if they could have, I think, I, th- I think Masai by that point was ready to, ready to, ready to leave. And after, and, and people need to understand something. Um, Tim Connolly wasn't the first choice to replace Masai Ujiri. It was Pete D'Alessandro. The Nuggets were about to go down the Pete D'Alessandro uh, lane, and Pete ends up going to become the general manager of the Sacramento Kings. And finally, shortly before the draft, um, within a week of each other, Connolly's hired and Brian Shaw's hired. And that obviously was the beginning in 2013 of the Conley era, which has managed to um, last for nine years now. The 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 issue being that this is Conley will be coming into his tenth season as Nuggets GM slash team pre- vice president slash now team president. Is he still on the mid to lower rungs of executive pay in the NBA? And if there are teams looking at, at a, a guy who is quote-unquote gettable after drafting the two-time MVP and uh, all this stuff, it's Tim Conley. And, you know, it's uh, who's to blame anyone in the league for think, thinking that Tim Conley is available to them? Um In order, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know everything about what, you know, Connolly was thinking in 2019 when the when the Wizards were going after him, but I am relatively certain that some assurances were made that the Nuggets would go get a G League team, and they 
they do now. They, it's not their own, but it's it's you know they they are, they have a a G League team designate, and uh, it is you know it, it, in that in that sense they've progressed since 2019. They still don't have a uh, major league practice facility. In fact, their practice facility is woefully, woefully small, not state of the art. Um, stuck in 1999, um, and that part has is unfortunate. It's not big. It's not state of the art. It is uh, a practice court in a, inside an arena, <laughs> and that has not been improved. There have been a lot of talks about uh, putting up uh, like these, 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 this new development right where Elitches is, going all the way to uh, the Platte River or Cherry Creek down there. I mean, just, just where the, there is, there is all this talk about that, and yet there has been no movement on a practice court. And the Avalanche still practice at Family Sports in uh, uh, Arapahoe County. You know, it is a it is a bizarre, bizarre situation as far as that goes. I don't understand why no movement has ever been made in that direction. There are things that can improve with the Denver Nuggets, um, and I think that there are ways that the Nuggets can progress. If you're going to ask my opinion, and this is my opinion, I don't think that the Minnesota thing, unless, like I said, they move both heaven, earth, and the solar system to uh, get him there, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. Uh, just an opinion. Um, why, I mean, there, there, we got to logically ask ourselves a question. Why would Tim leave uh, the two-time MVP for Minnesota? Um, which as the, as good an up and coming team as they are, that the, the, they don't have Nikola Jokic. So keep thinking about that as you go forward and, and thinking about this. I don't think we're going to get an answer here for a while about what's going on. But in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about something that should be concerning to all Denver Nuggets fans. And is this, why is this a thing in the first place? Why are we hearing that, that Tim Connolly is gettable, uh, viewed as a attainable executive in the league? Um, things that should give all of us pause about, about the way these Nuggets and even the Avalanche operate. But first, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisey, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Uh, you can go down and get yourself a uh, 2017 Cabernet, get yourself that Blake Street blend. Uh, I'm a fan of reds, but they got whites down there. They've got the, uh, the, the um, you know, uh, partnerships with Western Slope um, wineries, which also a lot of them specialized in uh, Rieslings. So if, you, if that is your thing, go, go down to their uh, to Blanchard Family Wines and check that out. Um, you could also check out their their array of white wines and, uh, like I said, Western Slope Winery Partnerships, which uh, really a taste of Colorado right there. If you're in Denver and you want to like experience something cool, there's no 
uh, Rockies game going on today, so it'd be probably a great time to go down to Blanchard Family Wines before we get a random May snowstorm tomorrow <laughs> and get yourself some of that wine. You go to bfwdenver.com, get yourself a wine bottle, book yourself a virtual wine tasting, which are very, very popular. Or you can pick yourself up a bunch of swag. Or, you know, if you're into it, just book yourself an out, uh, a table outside at Blanchard Family Wines if you're like me and you don't really want to eat inside yet. Um, once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you down there. I think we all need to take a moment and think about how it gets to a point where someone who is as successful as he is is considered to be attainable for other teams in the league. All right. We need to seriously think about why the perception is there. And I think that has less to do with Masai Ujiri in 2013 than it does to do with uh, Tim Connolly's, uh, um, you know, his pursuit, not not pursuit, but him uh, talking to the Washington Wizards in 2019. Um, the perception that, and it's knowable, that Connolly isn't among the highest paid uh, executives in the league is there. And obviously, MLSC in 2013 lured Masai with getting paying him quite a bit more and also investing in things he really cared about. Um, this is slightly different, but in the sense that if you're Tim Connolly, think about this. You've been, you've built up a team, you have a two-time MVP um, obviously you've been beset by injuries lately, but, uh, your, your trajectory largely is up, 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 and you still are not among the higher paid executives in, in the league. Um, I think, I think you would think, oh, that's interesting. Why, why am I not up there? And then you would also, and then other teams would also think, oh, wait, this guy's gettable. And that's a problem for the Denver Nuggets. And that's a problem that is a historical problem with KSC. Specifically, Stan, Enos Stanley Kroenke, who has now taken over more, uh, he is now back as officially the owner of the uh, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, and Colorado Rapids. Uh, he gave up operational control, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me because this is a podcast, um, operational control of the Nuggets in uh, 2010. Uh, and by and large, I you know, and look, to, to, to give Josh Kroenke credit, he really is the guy who has been guiding the ship until recently, um, Josh Kroenke has been diversifying his time. He spends a lot of time in London with Arsenal, uh, has done stuff with the Rams. He is not the dedicated Avs and Nuggets overseer that he was from 2010 to 2018, 19. 
Um, and Stan Kroenke's reputation, executive-wise, is 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 pretty bad, and he's and it's an earned one. And and this, I'm talking about through the league. If Stan is back in control of the situation, that would also be an issue. Um, also, the Comcast altitude thing is a very big and very looming issue over that hovers over not only the Denver Nuggets, but the Colorado Avalanche. And I am terrified that the issues presented there will begin presenting themselves in other or avenues of the KSE operation, specifically the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Nuggets have, and I'm not talking about necessarily the payroll that has been committed, but ta- Stan is and always has been notoriously tax-averse. Um, he has paid the tax twice. Uh, when Iverson was here, and uh, one year after the, the Chauncey trade, which was a very, as I said um a couple podcasts ago, that was a very brief and very small tax bill. Very small um, that year. Uh, you know, notoriously, Stan traded, uh, ordered that they get under the tax uh, in 2008, uh, which led to the uh, the Marcus Camby $10 million trade exception trade. That was never used. Uh the Nuggets right now are in a situation where they probably need to improve the roster, but they need to see Michael Porter Jr., uh, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic play for a season if they can. There is going to be a omnipresent issue, and that is how much is Stan committed to winning? He seemed to be with the Los Angeles Rams, but you got to factor into... To, just something here. Stan has a new multi-billion dollar stadium he self-financed that he wanted to showcase with a winning team. And it paid off with the home team, the Rams, winning the Super Bowl last year. It's easy to justify that in the NFL where everyone shares the same TV revenue pool. Um, it is, it is very, it's not egalitarian. It is very communal, uh, in the, in the NFL because there's no separate TV deals in the NBA in the NHL and uh, major league baseball. All these teams have to sign deals either with RSNs or they have to have their own TV network. Well, the Nuggets and the Avalanche had their own TV network, which hasn't been able to air the games for three years on Comcast. It is only being seen to 30% of the Denver area, which is the primary market. <laughs> there is an issue that is hovering over the entire situation right there. And who knows if someone like Tim Connolly or Joe Sackick want to be dealing with this as it rolls into its fourth year. Do, do, do they really want to be dealing with something like this that could be a that is a drain on the company itself? Do they want to keep dealing with this? 
and the problems that inevitably will arise with it. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to leave you with an anecdote. Back in 2011, uh, after Mello was traded, they go into the offseason, the lockout offseason. Emerging from that, George Carl had to sign a new deal. And uh, George had, uh, I believe he, his, his agent at the time was actually uh, his lawyer friend, Brett Adams. And George had a famous quote we're saying where he, where Stan beat him up to get that three-year deal, which was, was just essentially, you know, yeah, it was a three-year deal. So that incorporated the lockout year, the following year, and yeah. And so it was, it was, excuse me, I was wrong. It was the before the mellow year. So it was right after he had merged from cancer. It was 2010, 11. He got this new deal. So 10-11, the lockout year in the 2012-13. And George said Stan beat him up. And George was a man who just uh, survived um, his second bout of cancer. One thing that uh, people will tell you about Stan Kroenke is that he likes to win negotiation deals. He likes to, he, 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 he has a reputation for wanting to win these deals and don't discount how that desire to always come out on top in these negotiation deals plays a factor in what's going on with Tim Connolly right now. Um, that's just me guessing, but knowing Stan's reputation, uh, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, there are some unfulfilled Lingering issues around the Nuggets operationally. Uh, Jordy Fernandez left yesterday, and the Nuggets are notoriously cheap when it comes to spending on assistance. Uh, They still don't have a state-of-the-art practice facility. Who the hell knows when that'll ever happen? Uh, There are things that are floating around that have never been resolved. And the chief among them is is Altitude's deal with Comcast. And leaving Tim Connolly aside for a moment, how how long is this issue and its ramifications going to be affecting the Nuggets? And I don't want to scare people, but it's there. And who knows what's going to happen with Tim? Uh, I have no inside information here. Just giving you my thoughts based on me talking to people in the league. But there's a reason he was seen as gettable. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, Stanley Kroenke. So, all right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'll be back soon, maybe next week, with another episode. Goodbye.